I also took in this message, mm-hmm. you know, at 60, 17 years old, that men, masculinity, men's sexuality, most of all, are dangerous and not to be trusted. Yeah. So be, being a boy on cusp of manhood, what type of effect does that have on me? I disconnected a lot from these parts within myself because yeah. I didn't want to become that. Welcome to Men This Way, the podcast for every man who seeks to live his deepest purpose in life, who's committed to showing up fully and giving his unique gifts to the world. Because if not you, then who? I'm your host and fellow journeyman, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y, Reeves. Men This Way. What do men tend to misunderstand about sex and sexual pleasure? Can a lack of body sensitivity be the underlying cause of sex and intimacy issues? And what practices can men do to increase sensitivity and thus sexual pleasure, both for ourselves and our partners? Well, in this episode, my guest, renowned and certified sexologist, Destin Garrick, and I mine these questions and more, so, so much more, for useful insights to make a meaningful difference in your life. I first crossed paths with Destin back in 2010 at an epic mansion party in the mountains, about 90 minutes north of Los Angeles. And one thing I noticed immediately about Destin was that he just exuded sexual charge, but not in a cocky way, pardon the pun, not in that bro-y, arrogant, aggressive way that many of us have experienced in men, no. I hadn't yet begun my own deep dive into intentional sexual and emotional awakening practices, so I didn't really understand what I was experiencing in Destin's presence. I know now that I was simply in the presence of a man who was deeply, beautifully learning to connect to and embrace his own body. And a few years later, Destin and I reconnected at Lightning in a Bottle, one of those really fun Burning Man-esque West Coast festivals where I was speaking on a panel to about 600, 800 people. It was a lot of people in that audience. And I was talking about my experiences using pornography, the effect that it, uh, the negative effects that it had had on me. And amidst this huge outdoor audience, my eye caught Destin standing off at the edge of the crowd. And again, his presence just struck out at me. I'm really glad to have Destin here today. I love the work he's doing, has been doing for many, many years to help men awaken through sexuality. I really feel a resonance to his life path and my own. Uh, Like we're two two men that have just been on on an epic journey of self-discovery and uh, self-awareness and awakening. And, um, you know, in, in Destin's case, he's dedicated his life to helping men learn how to cultivate their masculine power by learning the secrets of sexual self mastery all while rooted in a set of ethics that men can feel proud to align themselves with. The fact that he's not just some pickup artist or sexual tantra teacher with shady ethics, but rather an honorable man and a husband and a father of two little ones, helping men learn to feel enlivened in their own bodies. Well, that's why he's on Men This Way today. Now, before we dive in, just two quick short announcements. Number one, Elevate 2021, my year-long coaching adventure for men committed to thriving is full. We had our first group meeting in our cave just a few days ago, and I am so excited to know 
that I will be spending 2021 with an incredible group of men. If you were interested in Elevate 2021 and weren't able to secure a spot, please make sure you sign up for my email list at brianreeves.com. It's Brian with a Y, reeves.com. As we figure out how to make this experience available for more men who are committed to thriving in every domain of their lives, we will announce it there. So sign up for my email list at brianreeves.com to make sure you don't miss out on the opportunity to elevate your life alongside me and other inspired men. Now, number two, I also want to tell you about an upcoming opportunity to learn from and work with my guest today, Destin Garrick. Now, he and I will talk more about this in our conversation. So uh, for now, I want to encourage you to either go to or just remember this website, evolvedmasculine.com slash Brian, evolvedmasculine.com slash Brian, where Destin is going to give you two easy tools to last longer. It's a short video, two easy tools to last longer. And yes, I am speaking sexually because that's what Destin and I are talking about today. It's his mastery, evolvedmasculine.com slash Brian with a Y. Now, the reason you add my name at the end of EvolvedMasculine.com is, number one, so Destin and I both know you came there from listening to this podcast, which is helpful so, you know, for me to know that, that people are paying attention, that this works, that this is inspiring you, that um, you know, for Destin to know also that, sh- that doing the podcast matters, etc. Well, here's a second reason. If you decide to dive into Destin's upcoming program, Sexual Self Mastery, and I think he and I will talk a, a little bit about this in the in this episode, then I will get some compensation from your enrollment. You'll notice I don't have any sponsors for this podcast. And it's not because they don't reach out to me regularly. They do, but I am super discerning about who I associate myself with and who I say is worthy of your attention, your energy, and your money. So you'd be helping me pay for the expenses I incur on every episode of this podcast should you decide to work with Destin. And you'd be learning sexual self-mastery. So everyone wins, including your sexual partner and any other sexual partner you may have from here on out. The website, again, is evolvedmasculine.com slash Brian. And he may be promoting a free webinar. Uh, do it. Jump in. Dive in. Um, uh, again, you know, if this sounds like an endorsement of Destin's work, it's because it is. I have great respect for Destin. And this is one of my favorite episodes of Men This Way. So definitely stay tuned all the way through to Destin Garrick's five key takeaways at the end of this episode of Men This Way. All right, let's dive. Destin Garrick, welcome to Men This Way. It's an honor to have you, man. Thank you. It's an honor to be on your show. Yeah, truly, man. I um, Our paths first, I, I have this memory of you. You are you are etched into literally the the uh, the the gray matter of my brain. The first time uh, our paths crossed, you may not remember. I don't know that I struck such a memorable pose as you did. It was in Ohio. So <laughs> yeah, it was in Ojai at the the Elevate uh, Mansion. And dude, you you were there, and you were just like this. I don't even know how to describe you, man. You were just this creature. That's what you were. You were a creature. You're beautiful. And I just didn't know how I, I, you hear him, this East coast 
kid, you know, arriving on the West Coast. I did not know what to make of you, but you struck a memorable pose in my brain, man. You were something to behold. <laughs> well, remember those days time, anyway? I, uh, uh-huh. At that time, I was deep in my seven-year chapter of being the self-described erotic rock star. Uh-huh. And I was... This is an archetype that I created as part of my own evolutionary journey of exploring and understanding myself as a man, under, uh, discovering my sexuality and trying to find a healthy relationship mm. to it. Uh, mm. This was my predecessor to what is now the evolved masculine. Mm. And I took the, at that time, I took those two words of erotic and rock star and I used them as a compass. Uh, each of those two, two words have such, in, you know, such intensity to them. Yeah. And yeah. I pushed, I was constantly asking myself the questions of how can I take this moment, this experience and make it more erotic, more sexy? How can I take this moment and add more rock star, more uh, larger than life, more full expression to it? And uh, it's been said that um, your life is determined by the questions that you are asking yourself. Well, I was asking myself those questions all the time. So my life was getting sexier and sexier and more and more rock star. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, that's what you, that's what you met. <laughs> I, so I met you at the height of, yeah, dude, that, that, that sums it up. I say creature, you say erotic rock star and the, yeah, same thing, same difference. Um, but yeah, man, it, I, I really get what you're pointing at. You know, the, the, in, in my six years before I met my partner, Five years ago, I took on a lot of different roles just as a practice to see who sort of a, it's almost like what I should have done in adolescence, but nobody really helped me know that that's what adolescence is a lot about is finding out who am I and trying on all these different roles. And so I, I love that you just, you went for it, man. Full on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here you are today. I'm, I'm curious to, to just start off our conversation and, and, um, I'm going to start off a little bit different than I thought I would, because I realized you're a certified sexologist. I am. What does that mean? Uh, Sure. So I have been on a path around uh, sexuality, including sexuality education, for 24 years. Uh, Started as an undergraduate at NYU, New York University, where I did my first trainings to be a peer sexual health advocate on campus. And it never stopped. NYU also offered a graduate program in sexuality education. Um, By the time I was a junior, I fought my way into those classes and kept taking those classes. And then I moved out to the West Coast and started a a uh, program at San Francisco State University for a master's degree in human sexuality. Ended up dropping out like six months prior to completion, but switched over to the Institute for the Advanced Study of Human Sexuality. And they had a, uh, a program for becoming a, a certified sexological body worker or somatic sexologist. And I went through that whole process, like a, I forget, like a 600 hour training, if I remember correctly. Uh, And then have since become a certified sexologist through the American College of Sexologists. In the midst of that, I was trying to figure myself out. 
I, I was trying to figure out who I am as a man, what it means to be a man. Yeah. What is this thing called masculinity and how do yeah. I form a healthy relationship to it? Because I clearly did not have a healthy relationship to it. And taking everything that I was learning academically and then field testing it and discovering things that seem more politics than you know, then real and then simultaneously, you know, there is like the rise of pickup culture was occurring at the time. And I yeah. didn't like how that felt. But at the same time, yeah. it was it seemed to be the uh, having a, a huge draw and like it was a cultural force at the time. And it seemed to be the only thing that was even trying to answer something that was clearly a deep need there was arising within men at the time. So I was trying to figure out how do we do this better? And that was another thing that the erotic rockstar was for me in many ways. It was like, I want to find a way to beat that game because I don't like that game. Yeah. The game of the pickup artists. Yeah. And I wanted to prove that there was another way that could be just as or more quote unquote successful. Yeah. Man, so many profound things that you're sharing just in just in that so far. But what I'm hearing is, man, you have a just profound depth of of training in uh, human sexuality. In but even even and and this is where I feel so much resonance with you is you've done a lot of experimenting on yourself using yeah. your own personal experience as the the deep dive. Uh, exploration into what the hell does is sexuality about? What is being a man? What does that even mean? And I'd like to take a step back for a moment, help our listeners learn more about you as a person and your your background. And to take so take us back into your younger days a bit and tell us sure. about a significant event or experience in your early life that played a fundamental role in shaping you as a man. Yeah, I actually start my book off with this story. My high school sweetheart was raped on her 15th birthday just before we met. Mm. I ended up being the first person she told. I was 16 and not exactly emotionally equipped to handle this. Mm. We ended up being together for the next three years. And the impact of that rape was ever present. It affected things emotionally. It affected things physically. I have memories of 2 a.m. sitting on the bathroom tile while she gripped my hand tightly, screaming in pain from near constant bladder infections. Hmm. I, at one point in a state of exasperation, probably around 18 years old, I I made a declaration to God, universe, myself, most of all, that I was going to do everything I could with my life to create a world where things like this didn't happen anymore. Mm -hmm. So that in many ways set this whole thing off, but it wasn't a smooth ride by any means. I also took in this message, mm -hmm. you know, at 60, 17 years old, that men, masculinity, men's sexuality, most of all, are dangerous and not to be trusted. Yeah. So be, being a boy on cusp of manhood, what type of effect does that have on me? I disconnected a lot from these parts within myself because yeah. I didn't want to become that. Where was your father in, in all of this? Uh, great question. <laughs> My parents separated when I was 14, 15 years old and household was a mess mm. for the decade prior. Mm. So by the time he left, my even external response was, what took so long? Mm. So just, I, I spent the next, 
I mean, honestly, through that period, I wasn't really speaking to him. Got it. Yeah. Man, I, you know, I had, I myself had two sort of figures of father, let's say, in, in my, all my formative years. And on, on the one hand, I had, you know, aggression and tyranny as, mm. as a male figure. And on the other, I had impotence and uh, weakness on the other. Mm. And the three sisters beside me as well, that I saw them being fucked over by guys in all kinds of ways. Mm -hmm. So likewise, you know, I can really relate to that. You know, my, my high school girlfriend, uh, she and I, we lost our virginity together in a really beautiful, innocent way as kids do. Mm -hmm. But her best friend who we hung out with a lot, she lost her virginity to her boyfriend when she was passed out drunk. Mm -hmm. And we hung out with them. And that was just like accepted, like, oh, that's just how it happened for them. He, she was passed out and he had sex with her and that's how they lost their virginity. And then, you know, I was, so it was in a way it was almost normalized. Like I, I kind of instinctively knew that's kind of fucked up, but nobody was talking to me about these things. So, yeah. so man, I, can, I can't even imagine though what you went through because rape wasn't, we didn't use that word to what happened to my girlfriend's friend, but that's what happened. Yeah, totally. hundred percent. And I wonder for you then, like, how did that affect? Plus, you're, now your dad's gone. So he's not talking about, you're not talking to him about what's going on. You have absolutely not. I mean, pop culture doesn't, especially not, what is this, 30 years ago? I mean, you're 42? Yeah, 25 years ago. Uh -huh. So 25 years ago. Sorry to mean to age you that no. much. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't talking about these things back then. Pop culture wasn't dealing with these things. No, I felt, felt very alone. Yeah. Uh, how did that challenge you around your sexuality and your own sexual expression? Then, well, <laughs> there were other factors. You know, there are always complexities. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. you know, with my incredibly volatile household I grew up in, and you know, the various blows to my self-esteem that that ended up causing as well, and and not experiencing both the stability and the love that you know I longed for. Yeah. When I got into my first sexual relationship, particularly, sex was providing something to me that blew my mind, really. That I speak of how, though I'd already been like checking out porn magazines uh, for years prior, magazines, mm -hmm. speaking of uh, dating ourselves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And <laughs> it didn't prepare me for how powerful the sexual experience is going to end up being mm. particularly the emotional elements mm. that i ended up being blessed in that the first person i had sex with you know we ended up being together for over a year following so you know we had sex a good 80 to 100 times um just the two of us uh, and so we got to have bad experiences. We got to have better experiences. We got to connect deeper. And more than anything, you know, give me these feelings of acceptance and love that I was missing. So that definitely helped. Like I would, it, it, I think it had me glom onto sex a lot because it was providing something that I was so deeply yearning for. So between those two experiences, mm -hmm. sorry, the the high school sweetheart one was right after that year with this other woman. Okay, so you had already lost your, you'd already had sex when you met. I did your the the, the young woman yes. who had been raped. Got it. And so that those two things together, I think, has a lot to do with why sex or sexuality ended up becoming the, the focus of my life. Yeah, yeah, totally makes sense. Was being with a woman, you know, I look back at my my sexual history with women over, you know, I'm 46, so, you know, thir over the last 30 years, hmm. I've, I've certainly, 
you know, I've been with uh, enough women to know that I have definitely been with women who have been sexually abused or assaulted in the past. I mean, just the, the numbers. I don't know that I've ever talked about it with a woman that we've ever had that conversation, but just looking back, there's no doubt in my mind, you know, even seeing some of the, the, what, what clearly now in retrospect, I realized there were some trauma responses even happening for women, but I didn't know that wouldn't recognize it at the time. And I've never been the aggressive type to push into a woman's no. If I don't get a clear, yes, man, I'm out. That's good. I'm okay with that. And still, so I'm, I'm curious though, you knew this young woman, now you're only 16. Okay, let, let, I, I have a, other things I need to say in regards to that though, because let's go, let's I, go. I have, um, to put it bluntly, I've been with a lot of women. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, maybe it's because of Dharma. Uh, maybe it's because of an imprint from that first experience, maybe something else. Nearly all of them carried some form of sexual trauma. Mm. Nearly all of them. Mm. And I did have this conversation with nearly all of them as wow. well. Okay. And you know, I, it's, I've become intimately mm. familiar with what that experience is like, the wide range of ways in which that can look. And there's overt, you know, there's overt yeah. assault. Like my yeah. uh, high school sweetheart girl, she left that situation with a black eye. You know, I mean, oh, it's a little, just, little yeah. cut and dry there. Even, yeah. even though this was her quote boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. There are, are many traumas that are far less cut and dry, where of course. I would guess that for many of the women, the man left the situation not even knowing or realizing or admitting to himself that he did anything wrong. Of course. You know, uh, Destin, I want to really stay here for a moment, man, and just, you know, thank you for really speaking forcefully into that, because just even in this moment, man, you know, I've, I've been, even as I've been coaching couples for the, for the last seven, eight years, you're so right, man. And I even just, just taking another moment to really reflect on my experience, because even as I've gotten to know, you know, certain, the certain women that I've been with more intimately for a longer duration of time as we've gotten to know each other more and I start to learn more of the subtle violations that they've experienced in the past and reflecting on the impact that that's had on, on them and how that's shown up in certain ways. And even, yeah, man, I'm, I think this is so important for all men to hear. I mean, I'm even hearing it at a deeper level right now that, like you said, nearly all women have experienced some form of sexual uh, uh, exploitation, abuse, harassment. I mean, really what we're talking about is, is an experience of feeling like their boundaries were violated. And yeah. with that, a sense that one's safety is on the line. It doesn't necessarily mean, it doesn't necessarily mean rape in the traditional sense, so, though it certainly right. can be. Yeah. And that, those numbers alone are higher than most people, especially men, tend to be willing to really admit or look at. Yeah. But also, again, like, a lot of women are still, more and more so, but are, a lot of women are still finding their voice and being able to speak clearly both their boundaries and their desires. And so constrictions yeah. happen, you know, like tension occurs in the, in the, quite often. She may even want the same thing that you do, but at a different yeah. pace than you are going. Yeah. Her body yeah. shuts down. You don't notice 
And she doesn't say anything. Yeah. And she leaves the situation feeling violated, whether she put those words yeah. on it or not. There, the body remembers it. It like again, you know, the history. Of my training as a somatic sexologist, the body keeps score. The 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 yeah. body now has an experience of tensing up, of basically the body being a no and being pushed past in one form or another, which then carries forward into future sexual experiences, having a, a more difficult time going into full relaxation because some part of the body and some part of the mind is like, am I going to be violated again? And here we are as men, generally trained to not feel our own bodies. Yep, you got it. How the hell are we going to feel what's happening for our partner's bodies if we can't even feel our own? Thank you so much. A lot of my work is about that. Yeah. A lot of my work is about that. So uh, one of the major parts of my work is what I call sexual self-mastery. Mm -hmm. And it's about a third of my book. It's a big chunk of the business that I've built. At its root is about teaching men to connect to, to their bodies their sexual energy as an energy and how to be able to work with and uh, intentionally channel that energy to be able to last as long as they want, exper even experience full body orgasms or non-ejaculatory and male multiple orgasms. I'm saying big things right now pretty quickly. So I hope listeners, you can keep up. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but really at its core to have those types of experiences, actually we'll talk about the less as long as you want part of things, last longer, et cetera. This is something that most every man on one level or another wants or desires. The flip side of that, of course, is, is he's has difficult time reaching orgasm or ejaculation and or erection related right, issues yeah. or challenges. To me, they're all the same thing. Mm -hmm. they, they all have the same root. The myth of our society is if you're coming quicker than you want to, man, you're just too sensitive. Mm. I'm saying that is wrong. Not only is it wrong, the opposite is the truth. This is yeah. what connects to what you just said. Mm -hmm. The problem, man, is you're not sensitive enough. You're not feeling things that are happening in your body. Mm -hmm. And since you're not feeling these subtleties that are occurring, you don't realize that those things that are occurring are driving you towards an outcome you're not wanting. And by learning to increase your sensitivity, become aware of these nuances that are occurring in your body, you can actually consciously start to shift them so that you're having a different experience, so that you are lasting longer, being more choice around ejaculation and opening up to have these other experiences as well. And yes, learning to feel deeply into your own body is the foundation to then be able to feel deeply into her body. And being able to feel deeply into her body is the foundation to being a truly extraordinary or evolved lar. You know, and I'm thinking as you're, as you're talking as well, the kind of the typical male sexual experiences is because again, we lack sensitivity to our own bodies. And you know, we men, we're, we're, we want to feel something like any human. We want to feel alive. We want to feel something. We may not articulate it that way, but we, we tend to, you know, whether it's jump out of airplanes and, or, you know, extreme sports or alcohol, drugs, something, I think we tend to use a sexual partner's body to create a feeling experience for ourselves, but we need such a big experience to feel something that we just even with the best of intentions, just that not being connected to our own bodies, we're doing s potentially so much damage. 
or harm. Yeah, yeah, very, very well said. And and you're speaking about how how the intensity that so many of us need in order to feel anything. I, I quite honestly believe this is one of the reasons why we've seen this major growth in interest in BDSM hmm. is that BDSM, bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadism, and masochism, or sadomasochism, uh, kink. Uh, that you know, the a, a lot of BDSM elements tend to focus around intensity. It's not the only thing within there. It's a whole yeah. magical world, really. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, a lot of it is very intensity-driven. Yeah. And there's nothing inherently wrong with intensity. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that one of the major reasons why we're driven towards it is because so many of us are so numb. Mm. But there is another way to move beyond numbness, which is, again, it's opposite, which is the exploring of subtlety. And in some ways that can seem counterintuitive, but if it's so subtle, it's going to make it so hard to feel. Mm-hmm. It, it requires you to attune. It, it requires you to develop an increased sensitivity in order to feel greater and greater levels of subtlety. Mm-hmm. And in, I just want to uh, ask you really quick, because you have a webinar that's coming up. You do? Is you're going to be exploring this in that webinar? I mean, this is oh, this and so much more. <laughs> so yeah, so we we have a webinar coming up. I think it's titled uh, uh, "Be the Best Lover She's Ever Had," mm. about sexual self mastery, about learning to be able to last as long as you want, experience these full full body and non ejaculatory uh, mm-hmm. m- male multiple orgasmic states, or what we refer to as the hidden spectrum of male pleasure and sexuality. That. Um, uh, we're doing this webinar, free webinar. Yeah. You're very welcome, every one of you, yeah. uh, starting on February 9th. And uh, I guess this is a good place to plug it. Thank you, Brian. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it now briefly. And also, again, at the end, it'll be in the show notes uh, for the podcast Great. and all Great. of that. But And we'll, we, we have so much more to discuss and explore. But yeah, just quick, 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 tell us about that. Yeah, depending on when you listen to this, um, if you just go to evolvemasculine.com slash Brian, Brian with a Thank Y, you. Uh, it, <laughs> it will take you either straight to the webinar registration or to this five-minute training video called uh, Two Easy Tools. I wanted to create something that was very digestible and easy for you to be able to put into practice tonight. With or without a partner. Yeah, we, absolutely. Yeah. 100% yeah. with or without a partner to begin to feel greater control mm-hmm. over ejaculation or, or can start to feel more relaxed in your body and out of a sense of anxiety, etc. Uh, in, in sexual situations to begin becoming an even better lover. So wherever you are, whether you feel like you're in deep struggle or you feel like I'm great, but uh, multiple orgasms, that sounds awesome. <laughs> sign me up. Uh, this, this webinar is really designed for you. There's so much more available to us as men than what we're taught as society. We're generally taught as men, your sexuality is simple. Women are the complex ones. Men, just give them something warm and wet and they're happy. Every man can come, therefore you're good. And it's not that it's wrong. It's just, it's incredibly incomplete and narrow. Mm -hmm. Our sexuality is actually incredibly expansive and most men at most touch like 10% of what we're really capable of. Yeah. 10% about the size of a penis on a body. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all we're yeah, touching. It makes your penis pretty big. If it's 10% of your body. I'm just talking about myself. I don't know about, isn't that, isn't that every guy? Just, I'm just so lying. Uh, point, point 0.1% is more like it. <laughs> 
Um, so let me ask you about, uh, well, yeah, yeah. L- real quick again, the link is evolvedmasculine.com slash Brian. Yeah, with why. With a why. Evolvedmasculine.com slash Brian. Yeah, we said that just for your, your listeners. Just for my listeners, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Now, question. Pornography. I am not anti-porn. Me neither. And I think that the way most men use porn does not serve us. 100%. What do you think about, tell me about that. What what role is yeah. pornography playing in all this, generally speaking? Yeah, yeah, great, great. Uh, that's, so far, it sounds like we're on the same page. <laughs> For one, I think that the industry itself is ripe for disruption and in need of some form of evolution. That so many of us consume porn that isn't even really in line with how we generally like to think of ourselves as men in the world. And on one hand, it can be a place to explore fantasy, and that's great. Explore fantasy. And then also, is everything that you're consuming really where your fantasies lie? When we're in heightened aroused states, especially the point of orgasm, the the veil, so to speak, between the conscious and the unconscious mind thins. Mm. Uh, it is. It's like we're most susceptible. Our uh, our subconscious is most susceptible mm. in that type of a state. Mm. What are we implanting in ourselves at the time? At the same time, porn has evolved online in the same way things like social media have to uh, short circuit our. Uh, our mental, our, our brain chemistry in order to, you know, give us dopamine hits and to create compulsive type of experiences. So you could almost talk real, real quick, almost almost relate that to like at a heightened state of arousal. It's almost like a, we're in a, a form of hypnosis. Totally. And it, yeah, it makes sense. In hypnotic states are states of susceptibility. Yeah, makes sense, yeah. So again, when we're in that state of susceptibility, what are we opening ourselves up mm. to? And to just bring a greater awareness to that. And unfortunately, due to a combination of stigmatization, sexual shame, capitalism, I'm sure, people, most people don't want to pay for porn. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what is f- most freely available is often not the most ethical, we'll just say. Yeah. And uh, again, there are lo- more and more exceptions to this rule, without a doubt. But uh, a lot of the, I don't know, I want to say best stuff <laughs> <laughs> is asking you to pay for it in order to yeah. support it, you know, to, to, to just like organic food yeah. takes more resources to produce. Yeah. Uh, to to ethically produce porn, uh, meaning taking proper care of the people in it first and foremost, is a more expensive endeavor. Yeah. And be willing to pay. It's, a, it's part of your life. Put something into it. But the other major piece that I really want to encourage listeners to is first ask yourself, what is your relationship to porn? And the big one is, when was the last time you masturbated without porn? For a lot of men, Masturbation equals porn, porn equals masturbation. Mm-hmm. Masturbating without it almost seems unthinkable at this point and even difficult yeah. if you do, were to try. That is worth looking at. Yeah. That is not freedom. Yeah. I, I love that you're sharing that. And I, I will confess that in, in all of my years, you know, I, I largely stopped using porn uh, about six years ago because it was having very significant. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Negative effect on my physiology, on my body. 
I was struggling to get erections. I was starting to, to ejaculate like premature, way prematurely. And I had never had that issue before ever, ever, ever. And all of a sudden I could only get an erection with porn. I was terrified, man. I was, I was 40 too at this time with well, 39. There are 25 year olds having the same complaint. Well, and I, yeah, because I didn't grow up with smartphone porn like you. You know, I, I was using magazines, you know, Mom's Victoria's Secret magazine. Uh, you know, I think at six, I was, I, I, eh, no, maybe like eight, nine, I diving through dumpsters in the neighborhood looking for all my neighbor's playboys. <laughs> That's where I first discovered this stuff. Oh, wow. Smartphone porn changed the game, man. And I think w- one of the things that I, I realized is that I was, again, I realized this only in retrospect that I had been using porn to because it was just a quick fix to a big feeling. Yeah. And I was bypassing so much subtlety of my body that in the intervening years, I said I largely gave it up. I, I will use porn occasionally. Like for me, I have a limit, like, you know, once every few months, because I don't want to go down that slippery slope, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But I also We'll make sure that I masturbate without using porn mm-hmm. intentionally because of like what you're pointing at right now, I think, tell us more about this, man. Yeah. Well, as been, we, we tend to be a very visually oriented, yeah. but more than that, we tend to be living in our heads yeah. all the time, sitting in front of a screen with a phone or a computer or television or sitting behind the wheel of a car. We're spending so much of our time living in our heads and sex ends up being the same way. We learn that our bodies are not safe. We live in our heads. So sex becomes something to figure out like the rest of life, like a video game, like a problem to solve. I got to figure out sex. I've got to figure out how to give her an orgasm and real pleasure, real, real intimacy, real passion doesn't come from figuring it out. It comes from being in your body, Mm -hmm. being present and from that place being in connection. So porn ends up being another part of that, like often sitting in front of a computer, eyes on the screen, hand on the dick, and just, you know, one hand on the mouse and like, (laughs) or trackpad, clicking around, clicking around, up, down, up, down, up, down, pop. Okay, wait, what was I doing again? Right. Again, our sexuality is so so much more than that. That Your sexuality in that case is barely happening in your body at all. All of your attention and awareness is on the screen in front Mm -hmm. of you. So when you... Just take that out of the equation. And again, I'm not saying you can't ever look at porn. I do. But if it is the bulk or the soul aspect of your of your own sexuality, how are you training yourself? And how is that training then showing up in your sexual relationships with others? I mean, totally. Like, There doesn't even need to be a body present to have a sexual experience for a lot of men, myself included for a lot of my life. So then all of a sudden a body shows up. I'm not, I haven't been training myself to have a sexual enjoyable experience with another human body. I think for a lot of men, I've heard this from a lot of men and also from their partners. Cause I, I working with couples, working with women. I know Destin, you surely have heard this over and over. Like a lot of men, it's almost like at some point they tend to prefer porn to their actual partner. Yeah. It can be considered easier. Yeah, they don't have to worry about any form of rejection. They don't have to to worry about foreplay, romance, uh, whether she's quote unquote in the mood. They don't have to worry about doing anything wrong or getting rejected in the moment. An infinite supply of ready, willing, 
women. And there's something very alluring about that. And there's a, a limit to it being fulfilling. The satisfaction that you truly seek isn't found there. Yeah. So it can cause one to just keep wanting more and more and more and more of it because it's, it's like chasing a sense of fulfillment that you're not going to find there. Yeah. And I want to encourage uh, our listeners. Is this webinar just for men or for women also? Women are welcome to attend. Uh, and I'm very much speaking to uh, the male listener. Uh, this There are some very unique experiences that men have around sex that are different than the experiences that women have. And in order to make sure that I'm meeting the, the core needs, fears, desires of, of the male listeners, you're the ones who I'm speaking to. Women prim primarily that are tuning in are tuning in because they want to better understand men and better understand how to support them. Yeah, because uh, Destin, this is such an important and fascinating conversation and uh, we could spend hours diving into this. Uh, there's a few other questions that I want to ask you to really get into your own personal experience. And so I want to encourage our listeners, if this is intriguing to you, if you're, if you're getting value out of this, if you're having some light bulb moments, if, you, if you're screaming at your phone saying, Brian, why don't you ask him this? Or mm -hmm. Then go <laughs> register uh, for, for Destin's free webinar. Uh, at evolvedmasculine.com slash Brian with a Y. There's just a, it's a rabbit hole. I absolutely encourage you to go down. I have such respect for your work. Likewise. Destin, I have, I have such um, resonance with you as a man because the, the mm -hmm. same thing, like, you know, the whole pickup artist culture, you know, I, I never got into that game and I can, I totally understand the allure for men that feel disempowered, that have no idea how to, you know, be with women in a powerful way, which is most of the men in our generation and before and since as well. So I get it, but I also figured out pretty quick that that is not the game I want to be playing. There's something just felt really sketchy about all that. And, you know, and, and as a relationship coach, also realized, well, okay, we'll pick up artists that might teach you how to get the girl, but they have no idea what to do with her afterwards. And they have no idea what to, how to get a woman, for that matter. So I'm just all that to say, I have deep resonance with yeah. your work, man. And so I encourage our listeners to, to learn more about you. And we're not done yet. I got a couple more questions that I want to ask you personally. Um, and then we'll, we'll wrap up with the five key takeaways finale and, and bring us home. But because you're, you're a human man. You're this, you're the erotic rock star is part of who you are, but yeah, you... <laughs> it's, it's, I, I largely see it as part of my past, but yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> All right. He's, he's been integrated, let's say, yes. into the bigger picture, the bigger experience that is destined. And now here you are, you're married, you have mm. uh, two small children, what, three and a half and years old? and At Three years and uh, as my daughter and three and a half months as my son. And you're in it, man. You're going through it. Very much. Three and a half months old. So you were sharing with me before we even got started in this interview, you're not getting much sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and how long have you been with your partner? We've been married three and a half years. So we have been committed partnership for seven and we've been close friends for 17. Amazing, man. Um, I'll ask the question. You don't have to answer, uh, but of course, you you know you're a man. You can answer what you want. Are you two monogamous with each other? 
mostly <laughs> uh, to we we identify as monogamish. We're in COVID times, so we have definitely been functionally monogamous. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, we don't really hold the in value or intent to be uh, 100% sexually exclus- exclusive till the, the day we die. Um, but we are a thousand percent committed. Um, we hold our relationship and our family as sacrosanct. It is mm. number one. And anything is, you know, yeah. way below <laughs> uh, that. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I and and I don't want to really go into that too much. I, I, what yeah. I what I do want to impress upon our listeners, and see if you agree with this, is that because I think a lot of men have this idea that they'd really like their partners to be monogamish as well. Yeah. But but I think a lot of these men take the approach of well, they or they don't they don't understand that you've if there's even any possibility for that for your partner to feel safe in that you you've got to put the primary your relationship first you have to know how to make your partner feel safe first before ever exploring that possibility yeah um i wouldn't say that 100 percent. so there are i mean first of all there are women who are the ones who are more wanting that than the men sure. yeah. and there are those who come in with more experience around uh, playing with others, so to speak. But by and large, yes. We spent the first couple of years just really focused on creating an unbreakable bond. Mm. And especially now with our kids, like there's, I, I can't imagine anything being able to touch our relationship. Mm. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it, we also have as a foundational agreement that anything that ever does, anybody else who does get brought into the picture for any period of time or moment or longer, they have to A, know about our marriage, <laughs> our relationship, and celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Celebrate our relationship with one another. Mm, and like if, so, not even just like, you know, not be a threat to it, they have to friggin' celebrate yeah. us. Beautiful. And otherwise, yeah. it's just no. Yeah. So here's a question that, yeah. regardless, I think, again, I think many men can relate to. How do you then, you're, a, you're an ambitious, I mean, that's my word, you haven't said anything, but you're, you know, you're a man with a vision, you're a man doing your, your good work in the world that I know takes a lot of time and energy and effort. How do you navigate the tension between your career, your mission, your work, and being fully present with your 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 wife, your kids? Again, a really good question. It's not easy. It's not easy. <laughs> uh, I am wildly ambitious, and okay. yeah. <laughs> which is you know has pros and cons to it. Yeah, and I, but I'm also ambitious in regards to family. Like I'm really committed to being an excellent father and husband and those two things sometimes have you know often have a tension between them when i'm with my work i feel Mm -hmm. like i should be with my kids when i'm with my kids i feel like i should be working Mm -hmm. Uh, and so it's it's a tension that maybe there is like this perfect balance that can be achieved where it's like got it dialed I haven't found it yet uh-huh, three and, uh-huh. and a half years in I feel like it's just this, this I feel like it's a moving target uh, <laughs> it, it, so it's a constantly exploring where is that right balance 
because it's constantly changing and just keeping my eye on both at all times mm. so that, okay, I'm starting to move a little bit too much in this direction. Just go mm. lean more back this way. I'm starting to go a little bit too much in that direction. It's walking a tightrope. Yeah. And I know it sounds scary, et cetera, but sorry, that's life and that's certainly parenthood. <laughs> Well, and, and to bring it back to what we've been talking about, I think it just takes uh, a, a awareness, sensitivity to 100%. what is, you know, on a daily basis, what is actually happening? Is my is my partner agitating? Do I notice something's going on in the partnership where she's signaling she wants more time together? If I'm a man just solely focused on my mission, I'm going to miss those signals until, you know, a couple years go by and she's just done. With me. Yeah, I mean, part of that for me, uh, part of how I handle that is I say to her, look, babe, like, I want to know, like, I know that I get tunnel vision. I know that, like, especially I get some new, some project that's uh, I'm really passionate about or I'm really overwhelmed by and everything else can start to fade into the background. And like, it's not personal. I don't mean to. And I'm, I, I definitely can have this tendency so not only do i say that it's not a single time thing it's not like oh i said that once five years ago so i don't ever have to bring <laughs> yeah. it up again right um, yeah, yeah. it's like i continue to kind of like retouch that to continuously give her permission as well so that she knows deeply that i i want to know and i'm not all putting it on her i am trying to be aware and sometimes i could use that nudge Totally. And that you're open to her feedback, not just going to immediately get defensive and say, yeah, you're crazy. You're imagining shit. <laughs> no, if <laughs> anything, to... you're probably right. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, you're probably right. Yeah. Even if I don't see it yet, let me be with it for a minute. I'll, <laughs> let me come back to totally. you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. Destin, uh, there's so many more questions I could ask you, and we're going to wrap up shortly with the five key takeaways fi finale. Is there anything that I'm not asking you that you really want me to be asking you or to, or to say before we, we wrap up uh, our conversation? Sure. I, this just came to me because I, I know that you're deeply influenced by David Data. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's a conversation I would just love to have with you on a personal level. But I, some form of question asking me around that work or some part of his work and my relationship to it. Okay. 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 Look, I want to speak look. to, to the, the discrepancies more. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's do that. Yeah. Interesting. Cause I, you know, I've had a lot of my own evolution around my experiencing of his work as well, yeah. even kind of being connected to a lot of the major players in that scene. Mm -hmm. I also know some behind the scene things, you know, it's like they've always said, you know, don't meet your teachers, they'll disappoint you, <laughs> your heroes, don't meet your heroes, they're going to disappoint you. And, and so that, so a lot of men and women listening will never have heard of David Data, but certainly many of them will. I mean, for me, his work was really my entry, you know, the book, The Way of the Superior Man was really my entryway into this greater conversation around particularly, you know, I don't know, masculine, let's just say masculine, feminine sexuality. Um, well, let me ask you this then. How has your understanding or your orientation to that, that David Data-esque masculine, feminine polarity work, how has that evolved like over time? Yeah, I, I, his uh, work in particular with The Superior Man definitely had an impact on me. Again, I'd say that 
if 2007 in many ways was a seminal year for me on this uh -huh. in my transformational journey uh, -huh. uh the birth of the erotic rock star pickup culture david data and uh the kind of west coast tantra community mm -hmm. were three major forces in my field that mm -hmm. i was trying to figure out my relationship to and david data's work very much gave me permission to explore my masculinity mm -hmm. and helped me recognize that there was something very often in my relationship to it. And then there were these places I just kept bumping up against and being like, this is not, this is not working for me. This is not fitting. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. some of which I grappled with for a decade, mm -hmm. you know, especially being young and still trying to figure things out. There's there's questions of, is it me? Am I like, maybe it's just, can you give me an example? Yeah. Yeah. So he, he, one of the big pieces is, as a man, if you have a quote-unquote quote masculine core, the root of your gift for the world is rooted in that masculine core. Hmm. I don't believe that to be true. It, at a minimum, not for myself. Mm -hmm. My gifts that I bring forth to the world are rooted in my unique blend of my masculine and feminine mm -hmm. and my incredible ability, some of which might be innate and a lot of which is I put a lot of energy into my incredible ability to move between my masculine and feminine with great ease. Yeah. The incredible comfort and ease that I have formed around both my, like I've done incredible amounts of healing around my masculinity. I've done incredible amounts of healing around my feminine. And so that I don't carry shame around any aspects of my masculine expression anymore. I don't carry shame around any aspects of my feminine expression anymore. That is the gift. Yeah. And I honestly feel that, un however unintentional, David Data's work further reinforced the shame around one's internal feminine for a lot of men. And we all have feminine within us. And not only that, it is a valuable part of you. Not just something to accept or tolerate, but something to embrace and celebrate. And one more piece around that is that there's this notion that in order to develop as a man, I need to develop my masculinity. And developing my masculinity means diminishing my femininity or my inner feminine. And I don't believe that to be true. You can cultivate your masculinity while still celebrating your feminine. I, I'm completely on board with you. And I'll, I'll tell you, that wasn't my experience with his work. I, That's great. I didn't experience the, I mean, I, I definitely get the, 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 the black and white nature of how the work is off, that work is often presented. I saw it in so many people. I saw so many of the quote unquote data bots and I think that's the I think that's that is how it gets presented when it does when the when like anything like fucking any religion when it's not integrated in our own you know like we teach what we want to learn kind of thing and I think it's the difference between like students teaching the work versus a master teaching a work I'm not talking about specifically that work but as a student I am allegiant to the structure and strictures that I've been taught cuz I don't really understand them yet so I'm going to present them very black and whitish. And I've had this I had this experience with Data's work cuz I think early in my writing, yeah, I tended to write more black and whitish. I tended to write more, "Oh, core masculine man, this is like you said, this is your <laughs> your your gift to your partner and this is where you, you know, you die on your sword here." And 
as I've grown and evolved and been in actual relationship with a woman and, and who herself has strong masculine capacity and done a lot of my similarly you know, healing work around, uh, you know, without defining it, let's just say the, the more feminine aspects of my being, you know, I've, I've really grown to appreciate, as you say, that I think all of us humans were evolving with the potential to, right. to know in any given moment whether to to offer masculine presence, feminine presence, you know, to like every moment requires a different skill, let's say, a different offering if we're really fucking listening to the moment, to what's happening. 100%. If we're really present, like you like you talk about in your just sexually present, but if we're if we're fully alive connected to our bodies, we're 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 present to what we're feeling what's happening in the world around us and if some and again, these are, it's just a map. I always remind people, don't confuse the map with the terrain. So, you know, yeah, I think, I think, I think really what's the, the, the greatest gift is, 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 uh, that's available to us these days is, is it's always been available. I think just co- podcasts, the YouTube, the internet has made it more available, accessible, these teachings, webinars, like what you're offering in a few weeks. And, ah, oh, we can develop you know, whole humanness means integrating both feminine and masculine aspects of our being and just being skillful about what to offer when. And, and I agree with you, man. I think that is missing in a lot of, uh, especially, you know, man, I'm 46. I'm still figuring this shit out. You know, no, no offense <laughs> to the 26-year-olds teaching this stuff, but I don't know, man. You know, <laughs> a little more humility, I think we would serve us all. Yeah. Well, when you were 26, how much humility did you have? I knew everything at 26, man. <laughs> I think I was 36 before I started getting humility. I had all this shit figured started out. I don't know what happened in the intervening years. I had it all figured out at 26. What happened? <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, how I got humility was I was I had humbling experiences. Totally. Yeah. I had experiences that forced me to realize that I didn't know everything. Yeah. Greatest gift. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Well, I, I'm I'm just so pleased, Destin, again, to have you on the the show on Men This Way. And I want to wrap up with uh, the five key takeaways. And I do this just to we've we've had an incredible conversation, so much juice in this on. already. Um I do the five key takeaways just to kind of give our listeners little hooks to you know, some practices and things that they can just take action on immediately. Let's dive in. Ready for this? You got it. Five key takeaways. Uh, Number one, key insight. What's the one key insight you'd offer listeners that you believe can make a meaningful impact on their lives because it has in yours? Mm. That your sexuality is something that can be endlessly explored. It can be about so much more than getting off. It can be so much more than just something that needs to be repressed or pushed down, except for very specific situations in which it's okay in very specific ways, uh, that it is infinite. Enjoy the exploration. Beautiful. Love it. Uh, number two, key mentor. Name another man that you've been inspired by, living or dead, that you'd recommend our listeners to learn more about. It's interesting that you put it that way. I actually want to recommend somebody who I w- was a mentor to, and now has grown enough that I learned from him as well. You know, it's, uh, this is a, a Michael author, like uh, a written author, A-U-T-H-O-R. And he uh, 
apprenticed with me for several years and uh, then I we had a falling out I publicly kicked him out of my company and it's exciting uh, yeah it was, so it was <laughs> <laughs> and now he has stepped back in in a very big way is wow. now a key role in the evolved masculine and he has also launched in that time after I kicked him out of the nest he a got into an incredible relationship and they formed uh, a couple of uh, businesses of their own forming community around how to do poly or open relating in a healthy and ethical way. Um, he models a lot of how to be an integrated ethical man doing poly, um, you know, uh, open relating or being sexually engaged with more than one person. Uh, he His writing around that and around relationship and around masculinity, I think is really top notch. I'm often, I'm like, Wow, I see how you took ideas that you got from me <laughs> and explained it in a way that had me see a new nuance. Well done. Thank wow. you. <laughs> Profound. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And the student becomes a teacher. Love it. Totally. Uh, Michael Author is his name. Correct. Great. Uh, number three, key resource, your most impactful, inspiring book, movie, or podcast of the last year. Well. Yours is pretty good. Thanks. Man. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, so I'll start there and then go. To be honest, without a doubt, my most inspiring book of the past year is my book because it came out a year ago. And so my book has been ever present in my world. And I hold such a high bar for the things that I put out into the world. And quite often, I'm often like, yeah, this is good. But this is, this for me has been one of my, I don't know, crowning achievements professionally. Something that I, uh, read it and listened to the audiobook more now than any other book that I've read. And I like the fact, I quite honestly, really, I was so afraid of writing, you know, finally getting this book that's in my head out on paper. And uh, to use the words of a friend and mentor of mine, um, to have that great idea in, in the head become a disappointing book in the hands. Oh. And, and, yeah, <laughs> and I'm so afraid of that. And yeah, I can relate to that. I'm so glad that in each time I read it, there are moments where I'm like, fuck yeah. Mm, <laughs> so, it's a good sign. Yeah, it's a really, yeah, I think it's a really good sign that um, it is something that if you have ever struggled around any aspect of your masculinity or what it means to be a man around your sexuality and or how you understand or relate to women, those are the three key areas that the book explores in depth. And then the title is? The Evolved Masculine. Be the man the world needs and the one she craves. Beautiful. And you can get it where? Amazon, Barnes & Noble, most everywhere you can get a book. Great. And uh, again, we'll, we'll have that link if you're you know, at the gym, which I don't know who's at the gym these days. Uh, but if you're, if you're driving, if you can't uh, write that down, uh, all, all this will be in the show notes at brianreeves.com slash podcast. Um, number four key investment in the last year what's the best thing that you've spent money on and we'll do a pandemic edition under one thousand dollars <laughs> i usually ask under ten thousand but you know that's funny i i had ah yes i recently bought an ice bath oh so i, I mean interesting re really it was it's a 
cooler, like a, a large human sized cooler. Like when you, when you go to a gas station and you see those like ice cream bars and stuff, some, yeah. it's essentially like that that's been converted okay. into uh, an ice bath if you're familiar with. Well, with ice plunge. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Like yeah. if you're familiar with Wim Hof, who would be another yeah. person I'd recommend as a yeah. resource. Um, the ice man. I've been. Uh, diving into his work, both breath work, because I love breath work, as well as start doing these ice plunges. And I initially was like, hell no, you're never going to get me into something like that. I'm allergic to cold water. And <laughs> I found something very profound in it, very profound mm. in it. It forces me, well, A, it has me regularly doing something that I never thought I could do. And it teaches me so much about like next level presence. If I'm in my head, if my monkey mind is going, I'm not going to last very long in that water because the mind uh, is like, get the fuck out. Yeah. And I have to be in my body. I have to feel, I have to be present. Very powerful experience. Uh, it's such, so powerful. I, when I, years ago, I would, I, one of my favorite things to do was at a spa uh, when they'd have a cold plunge and a hot tub kind of go in between the two but in the hot tub the game i would play is i can't I'm, I'm sorry in the ice bath the game i would play is i can't get out until i've calmed my breathing right oh that was painful yeah. but powerful how often do you do it i was doing it once weekly then yeah i'm going back to to that but i'm actually uh, i need to fix something on, on the tub and okay. i think today i get to re set it and I commit to myself once it's up and going again I want to do I, I, seven days in a row okay uh, and then we'll see where I want to go from there but how much did it cost you uh I bought this for 500 okay yeah interesting at it yeah I never really thought that it, but it makes sense I, a friend of mine just converted his um his recycling bin outside <laughs> into a ice plunge. Do you mean like, like, it's like a trash can? It's yeah, like the big trash cans. He just fills it with water and ice, like a plastic bag, like trash bag liner, and then just hops over and in. in. Yeah. And, and stands in it. <laughs> stands in it. Yeah, I want to see this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, he, he sent a video of it to me. I have to, I'll have to see if I can get his permission to share it. It's pretty... Genius, really. I'd love to see. I want to see how he gets out. I think he has another friend that just tips the can over. <laughs> and all the rudder runs out and he just rolls out. No, I don't know. I actually don't know. Excellent. Uh, last one, key practice. Please offer one consistent practice, spiritual, creative, personal, or relational, that has served you well and that you challenge our listeners to take on for the next seven days. Yeah, I'm going to do one that's in line with... Um what we've been talking about with sexual self-mastery. And it's what I call a practice of erotic self-exploration. So a solo self-pleasure practice, mindful masturbation is another way of putting it. Take seven days and turn the porn off. Again, it doesn't mean you can't ever again, but take the seven days and commit to no matter what, turn it off. Now, this is not a no-fap challenge. It's not don't masturbate. Do masturbate without porn. And I actually want to challenge you even further, and this is where it would make it even more intense. And without fantasy, hmm. practice what it is to simply be with your body, have your attention and your awareness. Again, I, I use the phrase uh, mindful masturbation, masturbation as meditation. 
how present can you be with this moment? I don't care how hard you get, how aroused you get, whether you ejaculate or not. Um, that's not the point. The point is in being present with your body. Explore your entire body. Not, I don't just mean turn off the porn and you know stroke your, your dick. Like self-massage. Touch every square millimeter of your body. Wake up every nerve ending of your body. Make it so that before you ever even touch your genitals, you have touched everywhere else. And then when you do bring in your genitals, continue touching everywhere else. You've got two hands. Explore that for seven days and see how you start to resensitize your body. Reconnect different neural pathways and watch how the rest of your sex starts to improve as well. What would you recommend for, say, like a minimum time to do that? Yeah, oh, that's a great question. Ideally, 20 minutes. If your first one or two, in order to commit to it, what have you, hell, do five minutes, then 10 minutes, then 15, then 20. Yeah, because I can just what arises for me, so to speak. And I think this is a fantastic practice. That's why I asked about the time limit, or not limit, but sort of the time guide, because I can see, even in my own mind, how, you know, at times when I would masturbate without porn, well, the second go-to is fantasy and, mm -hmm. you know, just closing the eyes and fantasizing. And then there's, I notice often there's a frustration that I won't get an erection so quickly. Mm -hmm. Great. You know, because it's so much easier with the, the wild stimulation of pornography in my face. Then don't have an erection. Yeah. What is it to be with your body? What is it to be with sensation in your body without an erection? This can just consider this a separate type of experience. It, it, there's not a particular outcome that you need. You're just reconnecting. Thank you. Excellent. Yes, I it's just seven days, seven days, small sacrifice mm -hmm. for potential profound uh, benefit. You'll get something from it, and it will challenge you too probably. Yeah, probably. Uh, so uh, <laughs> Destin, again, man, this has been incredible. We, we've already talked about your webinar and maybe we just one last sure. highlight about that because I want to ask you where can listeners learn more about you and what you're up to. And I think it's the webinar. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, that you'll definitely get the deep dive. Um, you know, the less about my story and much more about like value for you. And mm -hmm. the focus is on well, becoming the best lover she's ever had. On like what are learning yourself, your body, what is possible for you to be experiencing, and how that ends up translating into how you are showing up for her. How there are core needs, desires that she she's cr likely craving that you're missing and may even currently be unequipped to meet but that by following this type of a path you'll suddenly open up to a much gr greater range of pleasure and possibilities within your own body and then a much greater range and possibilities of pleasure within her body and the two of you together as well so um yeah again the other core components are learning to last as long as you want regardless whether this is an area that's been a lifelong struggle for you or you know you just have have occasional times where you feel like just as she was getting there just before she orgasmed you did and leaving her high and dry hmm. experiences most men have at some points or, or another or uh you want to experience like full body orgasms instead of just genitally based orgasms or non-ejaculatory energetic <laughs> orgasms or the fabled male multiple orgasms which are in fact possible and there's things that need to be learned 
So come join us and discover this and so much more. Again, evolvemasculine.com slash Brian with a Y. And it will, depending on when you get this, if you're getting this before February 1st, we'll first uh, send you a, a video training on two easy tools that you can implement immediately to start lasting longer and gain gator control. And then after February 1st, it'll take you straight to the webinar registration page. The webinar takes place on February 9th. If you sign up for that, you'll still get that two tools video along with it. So no worries, nothing lost, only only more to gain. And we'd love to have you. And of course, with the webinar, we'll also uh, share how we can work deeper together if there's something that ends up feeling resonant, but regardless, we're focused on just giving you value and having you leave that webinar, having a deeper understanding of yourself and what's possible and tools that you can begin working with. Destin, mad respect for you and for what you're up to, man. Uh, glad you're out there doing this work. Thank you. And I've so enjoyed our conversation today. Likewise, Brian, on all of the above, you do really wonderful work. I feel great resonance with you and you've got a great podcast as well and excellent interview skills. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, brother. Well, I, I look forward to having you back on again someday. Thank you so much, Brian. Take care. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you again to Destin Garrick. I told you it was going to be juicy. You can find Destin as well as access to his upcoming webinar and his two easy tools to last longer at evolvedmasculine.com slash Brian. It's evolvedmasculine.com slash Brian with a Y, of course. And if you are served by this and think others should hear it too, please share this episode or just write a review so that you too can lead more men this way. And don't forget to subscribe yourself while you're at it. I'm your thriving life and relationship coach, Brian Reeves, Brian with a Y Reeves. Until soon, keep your head up, your breath relaxed, and your thoughts inspired.